Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. Church, I love this. And if you want to come take communion while I'm preaching, come on. If you want to come and pray while I'm preaching, come on, all right? What we don't want to do, all right, is intentionally or unintentionally not think and be a distraction in worship, okay? Just, you know, cause distractions. At the same time, worshiping and tithing and serving and communing and, and, and yeah, that's not a distraction, all right? That, that's, that's a part of this whole thing, okay? So I am thankful, I am blessed, I am overwhelmed by what the Holy Spirit is doing constantly and consistently in our church. And uh, I just, I just can't. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Rebecca, can you see if you can, uh, I'm going to restart this, but it wouldn't let me click out of nothing but the blood. (laughs) So I'm going to try to get here so that I can move it, but there we go. All right. Good deal. maybe. Oh, there we go. All right. So we've been in a series um, about the church God wants us to be. And obviously I was not here last week, so couldn't continue with the series, but we got a great message on growth and a great message on spiritual maturity that goes right along with everything that we've been doing. And I'm thankful for David. And uh, in a couple months, David will actually be, be back with us because um, I'm going on vacation. So, and, um, yeah, gonna, I'm going to do that. So um, somebody told me this morning I couldn't leave again, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize now. Um, I'm, I'm going. And um, yeah, so we have talked about communion. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about just so, so many things. And, and at the end, I'm going to talk and we're going to gear towards this teleos challenge, this fullness of Christ challenge, this rising up in maturity to be like him challenge that we're going to go through. But today, one week before we cast off our small groups, all right? We're going to be talking about coming together in the temple courts and in homes, okay? Coming together in the temple courts and in homes. And I'm going to take a different approach because I've preached on the temple courts and homes uh, the last couple of years before we started. Same place because that's what the Bible says. We're going to stay there, but here we are. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, so they listened to the word spoken and to prayer, right? That's good. And to fellowship. We talked about that. And to the breaking of bread, that's communion. And when they did that, when they prayed, when they listened to the word, and when they came together, guess what? Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. This is what we're looking toward. This is what we're buying into. This is why this is not the preacher coming down on us and saying, you have to give and you have to serve and you have to show up and you need to have dinner with each other every once in a while. You're not a good believer. That's not what's happening at all. This is your pastor who loves you saying, if one or two of us, if three or four of us would get together and take communion and pray and, and, and read the Bible and, and, and have a little church action, then we're going to start seeing things happen around us that will blow our minds and we'll be able to cheer about it and we'll be able to celebrate it and we'll be able to praise God for it. We're watching it happen, church. 
I promise we're watching it happen. I've been telling you it's coming and it's not a storm. It's a, it's a, it's a tsunami of God's goodness of a father wanting to pour out on his children. All the believers were together and they had everything in common and they sold their properties. They were like, this is so good. I got to go get rid of something so I can put more in. This is so good. I got to stop doing something. So I got more time with it. This is amazing. And so they gave to anyone who was in need. And then when they gave away, and they got stuff, they gave it away. They gave and, and then they gave again. Every day, they continue to meet together in the temple courts. That's this, okay? That's everybody come together and gathering in worship and shouting out praise to God for what he was doing while they were what? Apart. Yes, they broke bread in their homes. This is where they got to intimately share. This is where they felt like they could stand up or they can sit there and look at five or six people that they're doing life with and say, I had a sucky week. And they say, huh? Let's pray for them. And they say, tell us about it. And you don't have to carry a load. I had an amazing week. Tell us about it so we can celebrate together. That's where it happens. And they ate together with glad hearts and they praised God and they enjoyed his favor and they enjoyed the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their numbers daily. Excitement is contagious. Joy is contagious. Hope is contagious. And God draws more people because they want what it is you have. How do you show what it is you have? You pray. You take communion. You read the scripture. You come to worship. You hear the apostles teaching. You pray for one another. You bear one another's burdens. And that is why we are so passionate. Not because you need to be another number here. That is not it. We're passionate because you and I need it. We need to know whose shoulders we can lay our heads on. We need to know whose hand's gonna be on our back when we kneel to pray. We need to know who we're gonna pick up the phone when everything falls out from underneath us. God does not promise the bottom won't fall out. Ask Job. Ask Job. You will find no one on earth who worships and connects with me like Job. Let me have at him. You will find no one. He won't give in. Ripped his health right out from under him. And when that didn't work, ripped his family right out from under him. Lost his livestock, lost every son and daughter in a matter of minutes. And he still said, the good Lord gives and the good Lord takes away. What? Blessed be the name of the Lord. There comes a place where your heart is so in tune that all you can do is shout his praises. But we're human. And when things get ripped out from under us, we need people around us. We need to know, pardon me, who you gonna call. And Ghostbusters just aren't gonna do it. The wisest man on the planet. Here's what he said. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun, okay? I've done a study on Ecclesiastes, so I'm not gonna walk all the way back through it, but Ecclesiastes is an amazing book, and the whole book is about what is under the sun. And here's what that means. The sun is in the heavens, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the, 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 the outer space and all the things beyond our imagination, and then where we are, okay? And the whole book of... Uh, 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 Ecclesiastes, there's the one tick, tick, tick. Um, the whole book is about Solomon saying, riches, meaningless, women, meaningless, 
I've played harder, partied harder, had more money, had more ladies, 700 wives, 300 concubines. You're not going to get there. I have done it all, seen it all. Everything under the sun is meaningless. But here's what he said too. You ready? There's something else under the sun that's meaningless. There was a man all alone. And from the Garden of Eden to the wisest man who have ever lived, they noticed this one thing. There was a man who was all alone and he had neither father or son nor brother. There was no one. There was no end to his toil and his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling. We were created with an innate need for community. The Godhead three in one, the Ahad, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are one. In the image of God created him, male and female created him. You were created in the image of a community. That's why in the Garden of Eden, it is not good for man to be alone. It all comes back to our need for one another. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? But this too is meaningless. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. When both work, way more gets done than when one works. And if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Pity anyone whose life is ripped out from underneath them and there's no one there to catch them. Pity anyone who loses something and there's no one there to cry out to. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands cannot be broken. Church, why do small groups matter? Why do small groups matter? One, when we gather in small groups, we are able to encourage and to be encouraged. Listen, we live in a world. We live in a, an era. We live in a time where we've been taught that, that, that everything that we do is gonna have to be, be, be earned and be grabbed and we have to claw our way to the top and we have to tear down everyone around us on our way to get there because we have to be the best. Here's the problem. In order to be the best, you don't have to tear anybody else down. You have to work on you. You have to work on you, all right? Be the best you you can be. I'm not gonna be the best David Crowder. I'm not going to be the best Billy Graham. I'm not going to be the best pastor, the best teacher. I'm not going to be the best husband. I've got to be the best me. I've got to be the best me God created me to be. And I've got to work every day to find that, to supplement that in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind. And I fall short of that and I need to work harder. But when we come together, <coughs> we have the chance to encourage and be encouraged. The world is discouraging. The world is discouraging and all of us need a place where we can be encouraged and where we can have the guts to tell people how good they are, how beautiful they are, how smart they are, how much of a servant they are. Man, I ain't afraid to say it and he's not going to be mad at me, but I am, I am incredibly thankful for how grateful this man is. He exudes, his soul bleeds Gratefulness and thankfulness. It's like a smell in the air when you're around him. So we went to lunch and I just said, man, I got to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm grateful, but I'm not grateful like you're grateful. I mean, there's some, you radiate gratefulness and that is what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful thing when you can look at somebody and talk about their heart of service, talk about their faithfulness, talk about the angelicness of their voice, talk about just how beautiful God made them and it not be weird because guess what? Some of y'all are beautiful. Some of y'all are beautiful in other ways. Some of y'all are tall. Some of you have a great head of hair. Some of us aren't. 
It is what it is. I am thankful that Jamie was colorblind and height blind and everything else blind because, you know, good for me, right? When we get together in small groups, we have a chance to do that. Listen to me. Yes, when you come in the doors here, maybe somebody says something to you. But for the most part, we don't get a chance in a group this large to do this, do we? We're not having this time, popcorn time, every Sunday morning with 100 people where we can go, hey, I'd just like to encourage, you know? I'd just like to shout out to Todd or I'd just like to shout out to Yuri. No, it doesn't happen. You know when it happens? In small groups. That's where it happens. We get to encourage and be encouraged. Anybody need some encouragement this week? I could use some. I'm in a pretty good mood though. I don't think it's gonna bring me down. I, you know, devil's gonna work at it. Y'all pray for me because him and he, you know, we, him and I are gonna go to battle. You understand that, right? The, the gooder this gets, that's what was coming out, so I thought I'd say it. The gooder this gets, the harder Satan's going to pull. Do you hear me, church? The gooder it gets, the harder he's going to pull. And guess what? The happier you get, the harder he's going to scratch, right? And he's going to aim at the top. He's going to take aim at Cy, Stephen, Spencer, me. That doesn't mean he's going to leave you alone. But he's going to take aim at us. I know this from real life. I was dumb enough, this confession, I was dumb enough when we planted Genesis 11, 12, 13, 14, almost 14 years ago. And, I had a, and we started with nine staff on the first Sunday. And I did. I said, God, these, these people are young. We had one guy older than me and everybody else was under 25. And I said, God, if Satan's going to take aim, let him aim at me. Oh, he did. Shot me right in the middle of the forehead. No marriage. No more. No church. No more. He's coming. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He whooped him once, he'll whoop him again. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are, he will provide for you a way out. And when you can't handle it alone, there should be small groups so that you don't have to be alone. When we gather in small groups, we find a greater opportunity for confession, repentance, prayer, and challenge in our growth. I can't come to each one of you every week in this room. Leela can't come to you. Dale can't come to you. Spencer can't come to you and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about this. We got some time right in the middle of service. It doesn't work that way. There's too many people. But in small group, we can say, how are you doing? Somebody can say, I have failed and I, need, I know it's wrong. I need to confess, but I need you all to love me out of this. I need you to forgive me and help me turn away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You have a greater opportunity for the things that make your soul clean. When we gather in small groups, we find a greater opportunity to join in the great co-mission. This comes from Ecclesiastes. The great commission is that word. It is a mission that you do not do alone. You run alongside Christ and you run alongside one another. That's why it's called a co-mission. 
mission. And you can carry out those missions in your small groups. Hard for all of us to organize getting something together. We'll try to get a trip to Guatemala. I'm hoping that we get to do that next summer. We're going to try to get something local where we can get our hands dirty here in Jessamine County or at least in Kentucky. And we're going to do that together. But in small groups, we can make a difference at the shelter. We can make a difference at the veteran center. We can make a difference in our schools. We can make a difference with our teachers and with our cops and with our nurses and with our doctors. You can do that together. That's why one man working in a field will give up, but two men can get a lot done. Pardon my voice. It's been this way for a week. When we gather in small groups, you're just being obedient. He says, come worship me corporately and come study me intimately. That's his call. So I do it or I don't do it. This is going to bother some of you and I don't care. One is obeying. One is disobeying. You know, there are people who like to stand right here and say, well, you know, not, not this time around or well, you know, I've got my own thing or well, you. Okay. And again, that is not a condemnation. Again, your pastor is supportive of you because you get to make your choices. Again, I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking for you to become all the things that are promised if we do the things we're asked. That's all. I want it for you. When we gather in small groups, we get a chance to dig deeper into the scriptures. Man, I get a lot done early. I get here to church before anybody gets here and by 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'm done with everything I need to do for the day. That's just real. That's how I work, okay? So I'm at the grocery at 11, 12 o'clock and I'm home, you know, putting things away and, and, and trying to make up if Jamie's not there or, you know, working along. But if she's home and she's working on the dishes, I work harder on the prep. If she's going and she's doing the laundry, I'm more motivated to do the dishes. Like if Sai's here and she starts on a project, I just like, I want to jump in on the project. I work better when people are working around me. I get more done when people are working around me. It's just a fact of who I am. And I'm going to bet a lot of you are that way too. I'm going to bet that the synergy of everybody in this room could create more mission than we could ever imagine in this community. We've got resources. We've got strong backs. We've got smart folks. We've got listening ears. We've, we've got so much in this room to give. Now is where I'm going to turn the ship for a minute, okay? I want to read you some verses. I've always wanted to preach on these, but God just laid them out in front of me, okay? And, and these are things God tells us to do, and every one of them has each other or one another in them. All right, preachers call them the one another's, okay? They're all over the New Testament, okay? They're called the one another's, and there's a lot of them, all right? So let's just have a look at what we are called, what we are told, what God says we should do with one another. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves, and be at peace with one another, all right? Be at peace with one another. So help one another get salty, not the salty that we talk about. Not that kind of salty, all right? All right? But if we're at peace, listen, with one another, 
We are unified with one another. And God tells us when we are one, that's the best witness we have. So our peace among ourselves, be at peace with one another. All right. Live in harmony, coexist, not like the bumper sticker. Coexist with one another. Do not be proud, but willing um, to associate with people of a lower position, with people you think aren't as good as you. Cross those race barriers. Cross those socioeconomic barriers. Cross those intellectual barriers. Cross those financial barriers and be in harmony with one another. And, and, and this is, goes back to the salsa guy and the chip guy and the potato guy and the tomato guy. Come on, be you. And let's be all these things together. Accept one another. Why? Because Christ accepted you. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Ooh, forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. I'm going to say it again. Forgiving each other. Well, I can't forgive her. Then you can't obey God and you have not realized what he did for you. Period. Bear with each other. Bear with each other. We all on the train together, people. And sometimes it's a crazy train. And sometimes it's a dumb train. And sometimes it's a lazy train. And sometimes, yeah, yeah, we all on the train. Bear with me. Bear with me. We're trying to point everybody to the Jesus train. We're all trying to get on the holy train. You Baptists like the gravy train. That's all right. We'll have some of that too when we fellowship. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but strive to do what is good for each other. Hey, don't count. Just do. Don't count. Just do. This morning I, I was doing something. I was thinking to myself, don't, and I saw this as a meme. Don't say it's somebody else's job. If you know there's a job to be done and you say, hey, that's somebody else's job. You're doing it wrong. Just do the job. Just do the job. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. You may be healed among one another. A new command I give you, love one another. Now, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Serve one another humbly. Be devoted. Be connected. Be a part of the lives. Get in with one another and honor one another above yourselves. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit and humility. Value one another. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, also you should wash one another's feet. Submit. Lord. Submit. Mm. Mm. Submit to one another. In the same way, submit yourselves to the elders. All of you close yourselves with humility. Be humble with one another. Jesus asks us to do some things, doesn't he? I'm not done. Stop passing judgment on one another. Husbands and wives, <clears throat> crowd favorite. Do not deprive one another. Y'all figure that one out. <clears throat> Carry one another's burdens. Carry one another's burdens. Speak truth 
to one another. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this isn't one of the hardest ones on the list in these days. I just don't want to hurt their feelings. I just don't want to cause any dissension. I just, I just don't, I just don't want anybody to be mad at me. Okay? I'm going to say it and I'm going to leave it. Jesus did not say, blessed are the peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. And sometimes you got to fight a war to get to years of peace. That's the whole Old Testament. Encourage one another. Again, encourage one another. <coughs> Spur one another on. Confess your sins. Mm, confess your sins. Mm, confess your sins. There are two reasons you don't confess your sins. You don't think you have any or you're just scared. Or the church has done it wrong for about 50 years and none of us understands how to respond when someone does confess their sins. We're working on that. Offer hospitality to one another. Love each other deeply. Please acknowledge that you're with me by raising your hand and saying, there are 20 or 30 things that God demands that his church does for one another. I have not preached any I have read scripture. Again, I have not preached. I have read scripture. There are a multitude of things that we are to be doing with what? Here's my question. How can you do them if you're not with one another? How can you do them if you're not with one another? We'd love to have you in small groups. We'd love to see what God does in you, for you, and through you. Let's pray. God, you know that there is such a burden on my heart. You know how thrilled my soul, my spirit, my throne I was as people prayed this morning and as our church took communion and as we sing and as we, we get used to and just have joy in, in, in Michael and Kristen's leadership this morning. And God, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the way your spirit just took over and by the ease that we have in worship together. And God, you know that it burdens me to, to, to challenge people that I love but you also know the freedom and the joy that comes in preaching your word accurately to the church. And God, I will stand with a little anger or a little dissension or a little maybe noses up at me if I know that what I've done is preach the truth in love. My heart yearns for hand-in-hand -hand community in large and small groups. My heart yearns for the power of multiple missions when we get together. My heart yearns for healthy teaching and growing disciples as we get together. And my heart yearns for the solidity that we have in one another's community when we fly and when we fail. God, I pray all of these things, but more than that, I pray your Holy Spirit whisper into each person today, come and see. In Jesus' name, amen.